Welcome to my Sober Militia podcast. Today's episode is called Lonely Sobriety. Recently, I read a post from a person in sobriety that said, Sobriety is so lonely. How do people deal with it? To which I replied, It's interesting to me. I felt so much more lonely when I was drinking with 20 friends than I ever do spending time alone, sober. Interestingly enough, this idea plays off my last blog, Unfriending Alcohol, quite well. I wrote about how, in active addiction, we tend to view alcohol as a friend, something we lean on, something we count on, and something we cannot live without. It stands to reason, if we feel that way, when we are without alcohol, we would in fact feel quite lonely. I have said this many times before, but I will say it again anyway. If we try to quit drinking by not drinking, we are far from successful sobriety. Even if we manage to stay sober, we will remain in sobriety indefinitely because we will still miss it as we would a dear friend who moved away. Truly successful sobriety comes when we recognize our friend didn't leave us. We left it, voluntarily and with good reason. When we do this, we no longer feel lonely without it. I remember someone telling me a long time ago, we cannot be happy if we cannot be alone. I never understood this sentiment. I always thought, why would anyone be happy alone? As human beings, we are fundamentally designed to be together, to be a community, to be a part of something. I could not for the life of me understand why someone would be happy alone. I found time alone to be loud, uncomfortable, disorienting, and even painful. The moment I found myself alone, I would immediately seek out anything I could do to distract myself from the loneliness I felt in my own skin. I found alcohol took care of the loneliness very early on in my life. It was relatively easy to come by, socially acceptable, and it did the job. Within minutes, any loneliness I felt disappeared into a cloud of inebriation. I remember literally sighing after the first drink, knowing all my problems were over. What I didn't know was none of my problems were actually over. They were only temporarily hidden from sight while they worked in cahoots to build bigger, more complex, and more difficult problems for me to deal with later. My temporary relief from loneliness slowly pushed me into a deeper, and darker corner of isolation. If we drink to avoid loneliness, and drinking exacerbates our loneliness, then in order for us to not feel lonely in sobriety, we must learn how to be comfortable alone. The idea of feeling comfortable alone was as foreign to me as trying to fly an airplane. I would not have known where to start to learn how to do either. The interesting thing about my active addiction was how most of the time I drank at home by myself. So I was still effectively alone, just not coherent. With this in mind, I cannot help but acknowledge it was not the isolation itself that made me uncomfortable. It was what happened to me in isolation that was unbearable. Thoughts. My thoughts would begin to run wild, and I did not like where my thoughts took me. 
All day long, I found ways to keep myself busy enough to avoid letting my thoughts emerge in the forefront of my mind. I didn't know it, but this was the only thing keeping me productive on any level. Since I couldn't drink at work, I had to find ways to occupy my thoughts. So I worked hard to avoid the consequences of silence. The silence we were so used to not experiencing became enemy number one. Obviously, when we quit drinking, we find ourselves with ample time and no way to silence our thoughts. The noise associated with silence is what makes us feel so incredibly lonely in the beginning days of sobriety. If we do not learn how to sit in silence, then our sobriety will in fact be quite lonely. After decades of avoiding the dreaded silence of being alone, how do we then learn how to be okay in solitude? Again, this is different for everyone, but it all begins with finding our whys. Most of the time, we did not start drinking for no reason. We had already begun to develop core beliefs that made us feel alone. We started drinking when we found alcohol and numbed those unwanted feelings. Here's the thing. Those feelings were only perceptions we created about a false reality. You've heard me say this before, and I will say it again, that at any given time, we can change the way we perceive ourselves and the world around us. It is necessary to change these negative false perceptions in order to let go of the fear of being alone. The noise we hear in silence is simply our thoughts running amok, trying to validate the core beliefs we have unwarrantedly justified in our minds. They are not valid, we make them valid. With that said, if we can make them valid, then we can invalidate them too. The way we do this is by not feeding our negative core beliefs with inaccurate or incomplete information. Do we do things at times that support our negative core beliefs? Certainly. Do we only do things that support our negative core beliefs? Absolutely not. The difference lies in where we place our focus. If our thoughts are focused on our negative core beliefs when we are alone, it sounds like a blaring alarm going off in our heads. I'm not good enough. I always screw up. I am not worthy. I don't deserve to succeed. Nobody trusts me. On and on and on, our thoughts blare. Who on earth would want to spend time in such a negative environment? Not me. Shifting our focus is as simple as shifting our verbiage. I know it's easier said than done, but is it? What I've learned on my journey is it is okay to use positive self-talk, even when we do not yet believe it. It is okay to say I deserve success. I am worthy. I am good enough. I am trustworthy. The only reason we do not believe these words is because we have said the opposing words and phrases for much longer. When we change our internal rhetoric, the new rhetoric will, in turn, change our perception. Fortunately, this is like anything else. Practice really does make perfect. 
I can absolutely guarantee you when you first start using more positive self-talk, it will feel awkward as hell. You will feel like a fake, an imposter, a liar. It's okay. Let those feelings be whatever they need to be. They are not true. They are simply residual feelings left over from a prior time in your life. Keep up the positive self-talk because I can also guarantee you something else. You will begin to believe it. You will begin to feel it. You will begin to see the difference your perspective makes on the perceptions you hold of yourself and the world. Not only will the perceptions of yourself change, but others' perceptions of you will change as well. It all starts with one simple idea. Our perception of ourselves are not always accurate. It is okay to challenge ourselves. It is okay to grow. I don't generally do this, but here's a little homework for you. Write down a list of five negative core beliefs you hold and believe have kept you from doing what you want to do or from being who you want to be. Once you have those five core beliefs written down, write down five things about yourself that challenge each core belief. For example, let us say my negative core belief is I never finish anything. I can challenge this by finding things I have finished. College, job applications, a project, the fence in the backyard, the dishes, or anything else I can come up with. Whatever it is, if I finish anything, I have new evidence to effectively challenge my negative core belief. Give it a try. You might actually find it is quite rewarding. And have fun with it. If you're struggling to find a core belief, start with something small. I don't like talking on the phone. And work your way into more meaningful beliefs. Believe it or not, you will begin to look forward to new challenges. You will look forward to new challenges because you know what follows. Growth. And growth is addicting too. The idea of being lonely in sobriety has been something I've heard many, many times throughout my journey. And I find it interesting because while I do understand it, and I talked about this in the blog, that it makes sense if you leaned on alcohol as something that helped you get through life, that it would build a friendship with it and it would be something that you felt was very close to you. And so by giving it up, then you are losing something. And if you feel like you're losing something, you're always going to miss it. And so I get it. I mean, I totally understand that idea. But what I found very interesting in my journey when I quit drinking was, you know, I quit last January and not long after the quarantine hit. And so I was forced to basically stay home while in sobriety, um, effectively creating the loneliest environment I could imagine, especially if I had had that feeling that I was giving something up. But as you know, if you've been following me for any amount of time, I never had that feeling because 
I had got it in my head that alcohol was something I no longer wanted in my life for many different reasons. And because I held that perception of alcohol as something I did not want, I didn't miss it. And so, in my experience with sobriety, I found loneliness to never be the case. Because in place of the loneliness that may come with giving something up, I was gaining so much. I was gaining desire and um, was feeling goal-oriented as being productive. I was challenging myself to be better and to grow and to try new things and all this stuff was going on when had I thought I was giving something up, I may have just wallowed in that self-pity and that would be excruciatingly lonely and I totally understand that. But because I didn't see it as giving something up, I saw it as something I was gaining. And with that, I just kind of rolled through quarantine and all the craziness of 2021 with a very positive attitude and with a lot of positive gains and changes in my life that I am now so thankful for I can't even barely stand it. So when I heard this post the other day, someone said, sobriety is so lonely, how does anybody do it? And I couldn't help but respond and say, well, to be honest, drinking with 20 friends felt more lonely than I ever feel alone sober. And that is the truth. My partner and I have an interesting relationship because of our jobs, and so we are alone often. And when I was drinking, that was a catalyst for disaster. But now that I'm not, we both use that time apart to be more productive and more positive in everything that we're doing. And it's a blessing in some ways. And so I hope people can hear that, you know, while there might be stories out there of loneliness and sobriety, and while I do understand them, try to also understand the reason behind it. Because if you can grasp and see that it doesn't have to be lonely, if you can agree and understand and believe that you're not losing something when you quit drinking, you're actually gaining far more than you ever could have lost. Stay with that positive mindset and keep telling yourself that while you're going through that beginning stages of sobriety and your journey, that it is incredibly powerful and you can be incredibly productive and you can do so much more than you ever thought you could do. And a lot of it starts with that idea I talked about with the reason loneliness can be such a factor in sobriety is all these core beliefs we've built up over the years that, you know, when we feel or hear silence, our mind begins to run with all the negative thoughts that have built our core beliefs over the years. And that can just sound incredibly loud. And it makes us feel lonely because we feel stuck in that place and we can't get away from it. If we can change those thoughts in our heads to things of more positive nature, then that silence won't feel so loud. It'll feel more positive and productive, give us potential for moving forward instead of being stuck somewhere. And so I asked in the blog a little bit to give this a try, you know, and I think the, the reason why it's hard for people is 
a lot of times when we start trying to change that verbiage in our minds about our negative core beliefs, we feel like we're lying to ourselves. And I know I did at first too, so I understand that. But you just have to counter all those negative thoughts. Something tells you that you never succeed then start reminding yourself of all the times you have. Tell yourself that you are worthy, that you do deserve success, that you deserve friendship and a great relationship and a good home and a good job. Tell yourself that you are positive and that you're grateful for all the things you have in your life and run through all those things in your head whenever you feel those negative thoughts coming in. Try to drown them out with the more positive. And even if it doesn't feel true, when you first start doing this, just keep doing it anyway. Because I guarantee you, if you keep it up, you will then start to believe it. And when you start to believe that, that's when your life can truly change. I know it has for me. Thank you guys for reading my blogs and listening to my podcast, as always. I appreciate your support so much, and um, I look forward to continuing uh, on this journey with you, and I hope that you will continue to follow me as well. And feel free to pass on my blog to others if you think it might help somebody. And, uh, and I would love to hear more comments from you. Let me know what you think, positive or negative. It's good to create conversations around sobriety whenever we can. Hope you guys are doing well. One more day and we got the weekend coming up. Stay strong, stay safe, stay sober. Thank you.